Welcome. He is Brian Robb of MassLive.com. He is Jay King from The Athletic. And I am Sam Jam Packard. And together we are Stale Potable. That wasn't this- very energetic. Uh, do, have you not had your coffee this morning? What's up? I, I have not. I got out of bed about five, seven minutes ago. Step it uh, up. Pull it out of yourself. Whew, let's try it again. Try it again. He is Brian B. Rob Rob. Don't do the whole thing over here. Just say <laughs> stupid. <laughs> well, it seems like you uh you checked that box for us collectively. So thank you, Jay King, for that. <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book and the exclusive w- wagering partner of CLNS Media. The video version of this podcast you can be found on the CLNS Media YouTube. Uh and Subscribe to that and get notifications. You'll join us anytime we go live on a Sunday to record the free version of the Monday podcast. And of course, if you want the rest of the still potable content, because we are creating content throughout the week, please go to patreon.com slash still potable and you'll get a podcast Monday through Friday. And occasionally you'll get a bonus podcast like we did this past weekend after one of the more chaotic Sixers Celtics games. It was so bizarre. Jay King and I just had to record another podcast. Some more bonus content. We went back and forth with each other, just one-upping each other on stupid things that happened in the game. And it was magical. I think one of the best, one of the best still potables of the season, I would say, in terms of (laughs) the action, the excitement from halftime show analysis to, you know, throwing in Derek White analysis at the end because he was so good in a wild game. It was, uh, it was, it was magical. Appreciate that. Be rough. Yeah, it's the type of thing you can uh, come to expect uh, from the still potable, uh, you know, game. Some other daily Celtics podcasts out there are free. They're big corporate, uh, you know, 30 minutes uh, in and out, just traditional uh, kind of advertisements from all these other people. But, you know, it's not where you're going to get on still potable. Sure, uh, you might have to pay a little, but it's a high quality product. So um, come, please join us on uh Patreon.com slash still potable. This is going to be a preview of the Celtics in-season tournament. They are playing the Pacers on Monday night in the quarterfinals. Before we get to that, I wanted to take temperature of the room. The Celtics are 15 and 4 right now, 9 and 0 at home. Uh, no matter what happens in Indiana, they're going to be on a 60-win pace after 20 games. So, B-Rob, I guess I'll go to you first. After watching these, I guess, 19 games, do you think the Boston Celtics, this version of the Boston Celtics, are a 60-win team? I do. Um, I think it's it's a health-permitting situation as, as a normal caveat for any elite team that's going for a 60-win pace. But right now, when you see what they're – how they're able to win, I think the fact that they are 9-0 at home is um, – a pretty big deal given that they've been up and down. So certainly during the last year's postseason, that wasn't a sure thing for them at Tiki Garden. Now this year, like they're just taking care of business in those games or taking care of business in crunch time in those games. And with the fact that they're not doing anything statistically at like a wild level where like they're not shooting the lights out from three, um, everything that they're doing seems sustainable. That makes me think that they probably can, you know, build upon what they're at right now. They're probably going to be in a better place three or four months from now than they are right now. So that makes me think that they can, uh, that they hit that, they can hit that 61 mark. Yeah. I'm, I'm with B Rob on this one. They haven't had 
perfect health so far. Porzingis has missed some time. Um, they haven't. I still don't think they figured out how to maximize offensively what they're doing. The new pieces, Drew Holiday, Chris Ash Porzingis, those guys aren't always involved as much as they should be, especially Porzingis. They they haven't shot the ball particularly well. Like Peyton Pritchard went weeks before hitting a shot. Al Horford was his percentages were low for a while, though he's really picked it up lately. I just think there's more room for this team to grow. And the the 9-0 at home piece seems significant because last year they were they only had the fourth best record at home during the regular season. And then during the playoffs, it was a debacle. And at Brad Stevens' exit interview with the media, one of the things he said was basically like, we can talk about all the reasons why we didn't advance to the finals, but the biggest one is that we just could not win games at home in the playoffs. And now they're 9-0 and at home. And it seems like I haven't talked to anybody about this. I probably should have. That's my job. <laughs> <laughs> but it it certainly seems like they've taken on that goal of becoming a much better team at home, a team that takes care of its business, a team that doesn't drop as many games against bad teams like they did sometimes last season. And they're just it's been a very business like approach to the start of the season. Obviously, they've they've had some duds too. But to be 15 and four at this stage without playing what I think is really their best basketball yet is a really, really good sign. I think there's a question of like how much credit do you give them for, you know, like pulling out that win in Toronto or pulling out that win in Memphis? Is that indicative of a team that can win games when they're not playing their best? And is we expect that continue? Or is there going to be a stretch in? middle of February where like things are going bad and they play poorly and lose. Um, I think Jay, you make a important part. Like they really haven't like figured out the best way to incorporate Porzingis or drew holiday. But I think the thing that's slightly concerning is, and um, Zach Lowe brought it up in his recent column is that they still have a pretty atrocious um free throw rate and like ability to get to the rim. Like they're not just like generating a lot of rim looks. And so while their offense feels more diverse or less reliant on the three, it's still the core of what they do. And if their three point shooters at any point go kind of cold, I like the fact that they've added this more of a post up look to them, but it's still not resulting in a lot of like easy shots for them. And um, I think if there is a concern about this team not I kind of get winning to that 60 win pace, um, I think it's just the, like what happens if they go on a terrible shooting stretch where um, still they've the won that, right? Like they they've they've, they've won that and then like kind of kind of pulled out games. It's not like they won they've they done have, that and then won games comfortably. They have one of the best defenses in the league. They no longer punt on offensive rebounding, which I think is a big deal. And they haven't become one of the best offensive rebounding teams in the league, but they were useless on the glass last year when Robert Williams was down on the court. They never, ever got offensive rebounds last year. And now they're they're going after it. Joe Mazzulla decided after the playoffs, we need to find other ways to win when our three-point shots aren't falling. And that's one of them. He, they're crashing from the corner a lot more. 
Peyton Pritchard's grabbing an offensive rebounds. Derek White's grabbing offensive rebounds. Al Horford, who has never grabbed offensive rebounds in his life, is grabbing offensive rebounds now. And so that's how you win grimy. That's how you win when you can't shoot threes as well. Add some of the off, some of the post-up stuff. And I agree that that could still be an issue. What happens when the threes don't go in? That's the same case for any other team in the league. <laughs> And, well, yeah, not every team in the league is going to be sixty-win team either. Like, they're yeah, becoming they're a little. Committed. They're becoming a little better at other ways to kind of carry themselves when the threes don't fall. Yeah, I mean, I think that that is the biggest step forward they've taken so far during this year. To Jay's point, they're like they diversifying, but but to, to Jam's point too, like with the and the the question is in the next 60, 62 games here in the regular season, like how much that volume at the rim increases because that is something you know if you want to take away a little bit of the, the luck factor in the playoffs like you know you're gonna have you're gonna be shooting a higher percentage at the rim if you get there more you know versus a three when you're facing tough defenses and push comes to shove there so they have the personnel to get to the rim more they have the spacing to get to the rim more they haven't done it yet this season but i think now it's like that's where the chemistry part of it being like learning how to play together learning how to utilize porzing is the best and learning how to you know, when you play with five shooters out there, like, all right, who should cut the, these times? Who can, you know, attack the rim at these points and get those easier looks? Since that's something that they can work on and try to incorporate here. Um, but the fact that their offense is still where it's at without much of that so far, I think that's more of a, a positive than a negative at this point. To, to me, the where they need to get more paint touches, more shots at the rim is transition. It, they're still not a team that lives in transition a lot. They forced, I think their opposing turnover rate is 28th in the league. So they haven't been forcing turnovers at all. They haven't been able to get steals and get going. And that that's where you add, you could add two or three more layups per game if you force a couple more turnovers and get out and run. So I, I think that's one area that Joe Mazzola wanted to change that just hasn't really improved. And that, like to me, this should be a super disruptive defense. They have all the pieces to get a lot of steals and you know get out get out and run. And they haven't really done as much of that as they probably could. And so that that's one area over the next I'm trying to do math, sixty-three games where where they need they need to pick it up and just be a little more disruptive. Their defense has been awesome. Like Porzingis has come in and blocked a lot of shots. Holiday comes in, guards big dudes, whoever it is, Joel Embiid even. But like, there's another level that they have to reach in, as far as forcing turnovers and kind of mucking the game up and letting themselves get out in transition. I'm just looking at some strength of schedule numbers just to see, uh, you know, maybe if they can get this 60 win pace. So far. They've had the second hardest strength of schedule, according to ESPN, probably because they've played the Sixers three times, who have uh, who are also twelve and seven. But then I went over to Tankathon and it said strength of schedule of teams remaining, and they have the twenty eighth least hardest schedule because they still get to play the Pistons three times, the Wizards three times, the Spurs twice, the Blazers twice, and the Hornets twice more. So there are a lot of wins that are possibly baked into that schedule. Uh, the only tough thing is that they do have to play the Orlando Magic twice more on back-to-back games oh, in Boston. <laughs> in Boston, well, that's going to be kind of the toughest part um, 
of their schedule definitely coming up. Beware of the Wagners. Oh, did you? Eddie House was on. No, sorry. Cole Anthony was on Zach Lowe's podcast and said the reason the Eddie Magic. House bl- Cole Anthony? How did you mix those ones up? Well, if you had listened to the story I was about to say. Okay, was, cool, yeah. cool. My bad. <laughs> uh, Cole Anthony was talking about why they Magic play the Celtics so hard. And it's because Eddie House said something about the Magic calling them like a bad team. And they're like, yeah, we play that in the locker room before every game. So Eddie House is like their North Star, their guiding light. And what he says, every game the Magic play against the Celtics is personal. And I just don't think the Celtics feel the same way about the Magic. At what point will the Celtics start treating the Magic as an important game on the schedule? How many times can Mo Wagner scream in your face before you start to take it personally? That's pretty wild because I think Eddie House said that. I think we want to say that two years ago. Where yeah, he had no, that, was like, like, that was a big thing after a game. And you're right. And then the Magic are probably, what, like 5-1 and one against the Celtics since then. So, yeah, to, to answer, I'd say probably the second-round playoff series they're going to play. I think that's, <laughs> that's, that's the point where the Celtics are going to start taking that seriously. But, um, yeah, that's – uh, I mean, that's whatever gets you going, I guess. And that's, you know, the post-game local analysis still, uh, still carries weight with these former players, I guess. Everything it's is hilarious online. that they're monitoring NBC Sports Boston. <laughs> yeah, I mean, good good for it's NBC Sports Boston ratings, I guess. To, to learn what the the announcer commentators are saying. Everything's online. Everything's going to be recorded, and so anything can turn into a locker room. Michael Jordan might not have lost a game because if it, all the kind of sources of <laughs> hatred he could have used, it turned into fuel. Um, before we move on, are there any other trends or any other like big things from this like first stretch of twenty games that you think is important? Uh, about this team moving forward or is that going to be a big factor about their success, I guess, over the next 20 games? Um, I'm looking defensively right now for them. Again, their top five defensively is fantastic. I think the fact that they're sending teams to the line, they're the best at that in the league. Like they fewest attempts per field goal attempt being one in that area. And another area I think that they're thriving at, I'm kind of surprised about given how they're playing size-wise is, they're sixth in defensive rebounding rate, which when you're, you know, Porzingis is a good rebounder, but when you're just playing small ball to start games, that just shows that there's been complete buying across the board in terms of everyone's in the glass. Tatum's been an absolute monster on the grass. He's always been good there, but this year in particular, his, his rate is higher than ever. So um, if you're, if they're taking away those potential weak spots and, you know, actually turning them into strengths based on what these lineups look like, again, I think that bodes pretty well in terms of where, they can be um, for a full regular season. I think it'll bring again, brings up the questions like, is that a sign that they're going to keep it going for the next, the rest of the year? Or is that a sign of like an aberration? Right. Maybe, maybe they get worse, uh, especially just like the defensive rebounding doesn't make sense. Well, like you they said, were first but- in defensive rebounding last season. Though. This is no surprise that these guys can rebound even when they're small. Yeah. I guess I guess that was surprising last year. They were first. I mean, they played, you're right. They played, they played small a lot of the year. They played a little bit double big, but it's um, I'm still it's still kind of wild to me that they, with the personnel they have, that they're able to sustain it at that high of a rate. Yeah, it is impressive, and I think as I as I wondered, pondered about it, I think the one of the biggest overlooked things in defensive rebounding is probably can you keep your man in front of you. And can you keep the integrity of your defense? Because if you're rotating, if you're scrambling, if you're constantly in transition, then you're going to have trouble rebounding no matter how big you are. You could have 
Yao Ming next to Sean Bradley and have trouble. But like they, they're able to keep guys in front of them. They're able to they switch a lot and don't have to get into rotations and all that stuff matters when when you're boxing out, when you're going after a rebound. And then having the two wings in Jalen and Jason, they've taken such a huge step in that the last couple of years. They've put an obvious focus on it and they've just been great at rebounding the basketball and kind of following the ball, pursuing the ball, even when you know it's not in their area. Those guys are just just really good at it. All right. Right now we're going to hear from our friends at FanDuel before diving into some John Conchar talk. All right, let's take a break here to hear from our sponsor, FanDuel. Score early this NFL season of FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about fan, joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options. You can do spreads, player props, over-unders, and much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Massachusetts 21 and present. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only, $10 first deposit required, bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com, gamblinghelplinema.org, or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play smart from the start, gamesensema.com, or call 1-800-GAM-1234. And now back to the show. And we're back. And for everyone's favorite weekly segment, what's going on with... John Conchar, apparently, <laughs> uh, from Michael Scotto of Hoopside. Scotto. Put some respect to, on his name, would you? I, I'm trying to. Uh, respect to the Scotto and his entire family. Um, the Celtics are keeping tabs on the whole Conchar situation. I think the Celtics were one of many other teams uh, reportedly interested in him. Um, B-Rob, what are we to think of this? Uh, the Celtics need John Conchar? <laughs> he is the key to Banner 18, I think. I think we can even just start there. No, it's um, it's a fascinating um, report from a standpoint. I think this is exactly the the type of guy to keep an eye on this year in terms of the contracts that Celtics are probably going to look at to add to this roster. He's someone who is only making a couple million dollars right now, but is under long-term control for, I think through 2027 at a very modest number between, you know, I think just over $6 million per year. So it's a situation there. Like you're not gonna have to break the bank for this guy. He's had it. He's been a contributor in Memphis in past years. It's kind of been, had a tough year overall. Was slumped early on. Really, really tough. Really, really tough year. Like thirty-five point four percent from the field. Oh, wow. small sample size. But yeah, this is a this is a classic buy low guy. I mean, like, hey, he's he looks terrible this year. Maybe he needs a change of scenery. The Grizzlies have too many young guys anyway. Maybe we can pluck him for added bench depth for a second round pick or two or something like that. So that that's what we're. This is not a. This is not actually a. a you know, uh, something that should be going to be a big deal for the team if a deal like this comes to fruition. But it's it's a fascinating that the it was more fascinating to me just for the the contract type they're looking at, and I think those again 
if you want to look at what the team might do in the next couple of months, those are the type of guys I think you want to keep an eye on. So exciting, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> riveting, riveting start to trade. Keep season. an eye on the John Conchars. But, but seriously, he has been pretty good in the past. And historically, he combines being a decent defender with shooting the ball okay. And his, <laughs> if he plays like he has historically, he's a playable wing. And they need one. Delano Banton, though. <laughs> Delano Banton. Starting to emerge. Starting to emerge as a possibility. Talk about offensive rebounding or just rebounding in general. That guy's a board machine. Still want to see him grow more confident in his shot. I actually think his shot looks okay. I've watched him shoot around a bunch of times just because who doesn't watch Delano Banton shoot around? And... I'd say you're it one looks, of seven people who watched Delano Ben shoot around. Jake camps out for the the, the pregame workout at like five fifteen. But it looks it looks pretty smooth. But you can tell he doesn't trust it. He he turns down shots. He's would you trust been, it? If you were him, I I I always trust in my jumper. So I I <laughs> I don't know how the other side is. Um, but I, he he's he's starting to look like. He's separating himself from the other wings beyond Sam Hauser. He's earning some of Joe Mazzulla's trust. He does a lot of other things. Like he can initiate your offense. He's a good cutter. He's active defensively and on the glass. Just shoot a little, man. Just, just, just let it fly. Yeah, I think he's, I mean, do you feel like he's going to be acquitting himself as the ninth or 10th man here, Packard? Like just based on this week and a half stretch, even once Porzingis come back? Right now, I like him more than John Conchar. Um, and I think that's – I think the Conchar rumor is interesting is because it's, that's the level of player, just with contract-wise, that they kind of can get with that trade exception or with their assets right now. Um, and I just don't know if Conchar is a better option than Banton at this point. I frankly would just like like to see – O'Shea Brissett or Lamar Stevens just get some time because uh, so the Celtics can like figure out what they have in those guys because I think just in terms of size um, and like ability to play small they're ultimately like I think if they can give you anything on offense they'll be more valuable and so I think the real question is, is like do you go out and make a trade uh, or are you like going to accept that like as bad, like O'Shea Brissett brings a lot of energy in, but it probably has even he has much worse shot than Delano Banton. I don't know. Can Lamar Stevens shoot? I don't even know if we've seen him with a basketball in his hands this entire season. Uh, and so, bringing in a guy like a level of Conchar or versus just like trying out the guys you actually have, I don't know what the actual the the best answer is. I like what Banton's been able to do. Um, I unlike Jay, I've not really studied his shot mechanics yet. Uh, it's next to be on my agenda list, but he he can't shoot. He's just not a guy who shoots. He can do things on offense. He does attack the basket. He does get a lot of offensive rebounds. He makes some nice passes, nice cuts, um, which I think is why he's playing now over guys like Brissett and Stevens because he can give you a little defense and a little offense. But to me, it feels like you got to at least figure out what you have in those kind of end of bench guys before you know making a big big conchar splash. But maybe. 
they think they don't have anything. Nope. And maybe that's why Lamar Stevens and O'Shea Brissett have not played yet. And maybe that's why they're looking for John Conchar. Is John Conchar the Mike Muscala of wings? Ooh. I kind of like that comparison. If he is, then there's no reason to trade for him because Moose did not give them anything. <laughs> yeah, Moose I mean, did not help very much. Although he had one great game in Milwaukee. That's right. Was that the one that they Hauser almost detied with a three? Yeah, yeah. There was that yeah. weird game where they played nobody and still almost yeah. beat the Bucks. So, do you trade for Conchar just for the potential of him having one great game in a random Midwest city? That ended up being a loss. Yeah, you know. <laughs> just for the story one yeah. more thing about the trade market it came out that there is zero interest around the league for zach levine um which i just thought is fascinating like his contract is huge his lack of defense is palpable but he still can go get buckets and no one wants him and i couldn't tell if that was just agent spin or uh, I don't know why the agent would even put that out. I don't even know who has the motivation to have that story out there that no one wants Zach Levine. But I just was kind of surprised by that. And then I was also saw some tweets about like the, the Bulls' advanced numbers. And the Bulls are mostly bad when DeMar DeRozan's on the court. So are the Bulls trying to trade the wrong individual? Um, or they should they be just... trying to trade everybody. They yeah. should have been okay. trying to trade everybody years ago. That mix was never going to work, and now you can tell they've soured on Billy Donovan. They no longer believe in their coach. They're they're a mess over there. Yeah, it's it's rough. I mean, you have contracts like like I even I'll be surprised if they even get a first round pick for Levine. Like unless they take an, a bad contract with him at that point, just based on how that it's just that's a terrible contract. I'm sorry. Like given what he like, he's a good player, but Horrible you don't want to pay that guy 180 million dollars for the next four years. And there's also like serious questions about how much he limits you. He's going to give you scoring. He's going to give you, he's been really efficient as a scorer, but he gives you nothing else. There's zero playmaking. There's just defensive issues galore. He's not the type of guy who elevates anyone around him. He's been pretty honestly embarrassing this season and made it pretty open that, he does not believe in Billy Donovan and from based on the quotes, based on just the play, the body language over there, it's just a mess. And then, then you got Andre Drummond getting hacked while up, well <laughs> down 32 points in the fourth quarter of an in-season tournament game. And uh, things got ugly over there in Chicago. They remain, remain ugly. I would say, uh, all right, before we get into the huge, Tournament, the huge in-season tournament preview with the uh, opening round matchup against the quarterfinals. We're going to hear a message from our friends at Factor. This holiday season, you might be looking for healthy, convenient meals to keep you energized on your jam-packed days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service, can help you fuel up fast for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with chef-prepared, dietitian approved Ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle while tackling all your holiday to-dos. Listen, the holidays are a busy season. I know I have exams coming up. It just takes all the thinking out of going to the grocery stores. There's no stress over meal prepping. With Factor, you can just choose from 35-plus weekly flavor-packed meals 
fresh, never frozen meals that support your healthy lifestyle and meet your meal preferences. And they're delivered right to your door and ready to eat within two minutes. If you are too busy running around to plan lunch, to do all those things, you have meals ready for you in two minutes and they have a wide menu, a wide a number of different options. And so they also have a lunch to go option, which is perfect if you just don't want to do that much thinking during the day. So if you want meals, healthy meals that are uh, will save you time and keep you uh, stress-free, go to factormeals.com slash winning50 and use code winning50 to get 50% off. That's winning50 at factormeals.com slash winning50 to get 50% off your order today. The reason we are all here, the Celtics, after an amazing performance against the bulls that jay just mentioned they had to win by 23 they won by 27 uh they have made the in-season tournament they won their group and as a reward of winning their group they get to go to indiana to play on the road in the first round uh in the quarterfinals of the in-season tournament it is a knockout game i guess the first question is will chris taps porzingis be back it seemed like everything was trending for him to return for this exact game. Yeah, I, w- I would expect he shows up as at least questionable or, you know, a, a remote chance of playing on the injury report when it comes out on Sunday for this game. Uh, if it was me, like if I'm making the call, I'd probably say no, because this is a team you can very much beat without him. Um, particularly if Tyrese Halliburton, who didn't play Cyrene in Miami, um, isn't able to give it a go. Um, but with Porzingis' history um, and given the stakes of this game in terms of this is a game you'd expect him to be playing very, very hard in um, for the, the stakes at hand for the team and both the individuals here, um, I'd be, I guess, a little surprised if he's already back out there uh, on Monday night. See, I, I, I go the other way on this one. He's already missed three games. He's already missed a week. And based on everything that he said, everything the team has said, this was no big deal at all. He basically said, like, yeah, they checked it out. I was never concerned. Everything was came back and it was, you know, every they decided to be cautious, but it's it's not a big deal, basically. So I think he the the keeping him out the three games was the cautious part. And now just just let him go. He can't can't keep him in bubble wrap forever. Um, I'm, I'm I hope Halliburton plays. Yeah, what's the oh, latest yeah. on him? He had a so he was questionable. Had a bruised knee. I actually saw his injury. He like ran it awkwardly. Yeah, it was not pretty. And then they ruled him out right before Saturday night. But they might have done that in part knowing that you know they're going to come back on Monday. Like that's the game. If you can play one or the other, that's the one you want to play. So I'd hope he like that make a. A much more entertaining game than we saw obviously in Boston <laughs> last month, but um they still beat I mean credit to them, they still beat Miami last night without him. So they um the Aaron Eastmiths of the Worlds have stepped up for them without Halliburton. I'm so excited to see the knockout round of this thing because it's not gonna be the uh, the group stage games for the most part until the hack of Drummond and point differential came into play. It was just kind of like a regular season game with a stupid court. Now Kyrie. Now it's a tournament game with a stupid court. <laughs> now it's like the the NCA tournament, you know. It's it's that format. So I think it's going to be heightened competitiveness. I think it's going to be 
chippy. I think it's going to feel more like a playoff game than most regular season games and certainly most regular season games against a non-rival in Indiana feel like. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited to, to see this thing. I, I've, I've thought all along that the knockout round would be like where the in-season tournament becomes super fun. And it, I was a little wrong about the group stage because the last game of that group stage was just electric. The Hacker Drummond, Joe apologizing to people, all that. But now now is where there's money on the line. The players know there's money on the line. The Celtics players in particular kind of woke up to, I think, the importance of the in-season tournament after losing to Orlando and with the need to win by at least 23 so I think they'll be locked in. I think this will be a very good Celtics performance in Indiana. They should be like heavy favorites going in this game. Like obviously Halliburton didn't play in that first game, but the Celtics still won by what, 45? 51. 51. They put up 70 points in the first half. Like they, Halliburton they, obviously makes that team up go. 155 points in the game, which is more than 70 points per half. Oh, wow. Yeah. So the Celtics should be able to score the basketball, especially if Chris Tapps uh, is back and they have their full complement of players. Like, would it be a, a massive disappointment of, uh, if they kind of get knocked out of the tournament? It's kind of the, you know, you don't want to get classic Jason Tatum, Joe Missoula, Brad Stevens, can't get high, can't get too low after just one loss. But now you're losing in a knockout round. Like, how big a disappointment would be to go into Indiana and just like kind of wilt away and then play a random, I guess now meaningless game against the Knicks or Bucks uh, on Thursday. Like, should they be, they have to win. They have to win. It's basically what I'm trying to say. And they should be massive favorites. I'm looking, I just looked at the line. What do you guys, how much do you think the Celtics are favored by heading into this game? Five and a half points. I got like seven and a half. Uh, if we're doing prices right rules, you're both wrong uh, because it's only four and a half, okay. um, both over. But if we're doing just general other rules, they would. Yeah, I mean, this is a game. Indiana price is wrong, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it took it's you funny. Like five seconds to get to that reference. <laughs> but they're they're strictly a tournament team this year. They're they're three and zero in tournament games. They're seven and eight everywhere else. So they're like kind of run of the mill there. Otherwise, so whether they're it's they're gonna be juiced up regardless. I wonder how much the fact they got their doors blown by the Celtics in that. Like I mean, Rick Carlisle talked about uh, after that game just how embarrassing that was for them. Um to get hopefully Eddie House like didn't that. say anything crazy. Yeah, right. <laughs> Check the tapes. Um, but yeah, it's gonna from uh, entertainment matchup in terms of like we know how the Pacers can put up points with the best of them, like I, I think you couldn't ask for a more like entertaining quarterfinal matchup at this point in terms of the amount of points both these teams could score, assuming Halliburton plays and just the uh, the potential storylines based on the first game in total. Uh, are there any other games or any other things you guys are looking forward to in the rest of the tournament? Are there pre bold predictions you have? Who do you think walks? Who do you think is going to Vegas? Name Jay. Give me the four teams you anticipate seeing in Vegas uh, for the semifinals. You just put me on the spot. I do not know the bracket. I I'm, I don't know who's playing who. I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. G give me the bracket. 
In the East, you should know this one. Boston Celtics, Indiana Pacers. And then the Knicks are playing the Milwaukee Bucks. In the West, you have the Pelicans playing the Sacramento Kings and the Suns playing the Lakers. Bucks, Kings, Lakers advance. Kings beat the Lakers. Celtics beat the Bucks. Celtics beat the Kings in the finals to become the inaugural in-season tournament champs. B-Rob, what are your thoughts? I like the Kings and the Lakers to advance along with the Celtics and the Knicks. Knicks. Ooh, the Knicks over Bucks. Upset. Yeah, going Knicks over Bucks. The Bucks to me are still they're winning games, but it's been messy. Um and then you know what? Give me Celtics Lakers. Give me like the NBA final, NBA's executive's dream in terms of the in-season tournament final. And um, yeah, I don't I don't see the the Celtics losing that team at that point. So I think give, give the Celtics the W. The league office would be just oh my god, cartwheels cartwheels they would be taking shots <laughs> if that is the the outcome is that I the mean, perfect like what would you be... imagine lebron versus the celtics <laughs> lakers versus celtics in the first in-season tournament final that would be pretty pretty fun what do you guys think is fun a lot in this podcast a lot of right. fun talk from me but the in-season then... tournament is fun it's entertaining it's giving us something to talk about in November or December, excuse me. Um, what do you guys think is the per like if the NBA had their druthers like and all 30 teams were in it, East versus West, what would be you think their preferred finals, like in terms of ratings, history, etc.? Like, what do you think would be the perfect scenario for them? I think it'd be Celtics Lakers. Like if they right? Yeah, probably. Like they brought, like even the Nuggets are like the best team and the most interesting team. If so, if you wanted to get like best team in the East, best team in the West, like finals preview, maybe there. But just in terms of juice, I think it would be Celtics Lakers. Yeah, Warriors finishing there would be definitely one of the outcomes they would have loved too. But yeah, that's the. I think the pro. Like if we're just talking about like what their ideal, like I think they would have wanted the Warriors to be in the King spot. Um, and maybe a team that more exciting than the Pacers. Um, but like they, it worked out pretty well. I think it's like, it's too bad that the Suns and Lakers play in the first round, but it's also like, you know, that happens. It's going to be a cool game. I have a question that I just genuinely don't know the answer to. Has Bradley Beal played a minute for the Suns yet? He's played three games, but oh, good for him. <laughs> Is he playing on Monday he's or played Tuesday? 51 minutes. I could be wrong there. And I don't think he's coming. Don't back ask me why I know that. <laughs> That's pretty good, Jay. I'm like, wait. Off the top of the head. Moonlighting as a Suns beat writer on top I'm of this. I'm going to check to see if I was right there. But I think I was. And I don't think he's coming back anytime soon right now. Like, he's out indefinitely. And they're obviously just waiting for him to get totally right, which makes sense. But I haven't heard any murmurings about him, like, ramping up or anything like that yet. So I was right the... about the games, wrong about the minutes. 86 minutes played for Bradley Beal. Oh, if yeah, three, 51 minutes in three games would be not a lot for a star in this league. So 80 makes way more sense. Um, but yeah, do you think here, let's look. If the Celtics make the finals, 
Do you think the fact that they play 83 games in a regular season, more than 82, will change anything, or do you think that's just absolutely stupid? Uh, no, that will matter nothing. It's it's one more game. and Slippery slope, Jay. You add one more game, you're like, what happens when they add 10 more games, you know? Well, they're not going to add 10 more games. So <laughs> there's no need to waste any time thinking about that hypothetical. It's one game. If the Celtics continue to handle business in the regular season, they'll be able to rest guys down the stretch. They'll be able to give guys time off. They'll be able to make up for adding one more game in the regular season. So I do not think it should be seen as a concern at all. It is the smallest competitive disadvantage but that's it just the smallest one. yeah but the boost they get from being in the finals is like maybe counteracts that and but money money i do think going do you think out to coaches Vegas, will be like just going crazy over trying to get more money because joe Missoula would win five hundred thousand dollars if they win this thing Wait, and so that they, that's the amount that the coaches are getting? Like the head coaches the get head that coach same amount? The head coach gets wow. 500000 I believe the assistants split a pool that is 75% of that number. Um, so that's a lot for those guys. Yeah, that, that is not nothing. <laughs> that's not nothing. Um, I would yeah. have hacked a Drummond as well with, with $500,000 for myself on the line. Hell yeah, I'm hacking Drummond perspective i do think the one more than the 83rd game i agree with jay like in general they have they'll have rests before and after these games like that's based on the schedule placement there it shouldn't be that big of a deal i do think an extra trip out to vegas like two weeks before this west coast trip could have a you know could hurt a little bit in terms of wearing them down by the end of the month not this trip they're gonna be well rested you know they've been home for a while now but that is they've had a lot of travel to start this year and throwing in a long trip, an extra, you know, five day road trip. And if they go all the way to the end, I think that could matter. Um, but just the 83rd game, I don't think um, it's on its own is, 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 is that big of a deal. Yeah. Would, if they do reach at least the semifinals, it'll be a weird stretch where they have a West coast trip, come back and then almost instantly go back for a long West coast trip. You don't you don't see that very often in the same month where two cross country trips, but that's that's the price you pay to be great sometimes. Yeah, I and mean, that's that's what they get for being you know in the tournament. We're all expecting them to win against the Pacers on Monday. Hopefully, with the return of Chris Tapps, Porzingis, and then we'll go to Vegas, uh, and you know it'll be something none of us have ever seen before uh, with the semifinals in Vegas. They're playing not at um, like Thomas and Mac, right? Like they're playing at the, where the hopefully at some sort of state. yeah. They're they're playing at T-Mobile, I think. Oh uh, yes, for the Golden Knights play. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. If <laughs> if they're just had the tournament in the small gym at Thomas, Thomas that would and Mac, be pretty but... awesome environment, honestly. <laughs> It'd be a lot more fun. Like it's gonna be interesting to see what type of crowd comes out to. Like if you're a Celtics fan, you either have to like be have a lot of faith and buy your tickets now. Or make a mad dash to buy them as soon as it's clear that they're going to win the quarterfinals games. And so, is it just going to be a bunch of weird NBA fans, or is this going to be a, a random Vegas riffraff crowd? Uh, I'm very curious. Depends to see who's in it too. If the Lakers are in it, it'll be like a Lakers home crowd. 
Yeah, that'll I be remember when Lonzo Ball had his summer league debut, and it was absolutely packed with Lakers fans who made the the quick trip from LA. So I would guess if the Lakers make it, it'll be like tons and tons of Lakers fans. That makes Agreed. sense. Not a lot of not a lot of quick trips from Boston to LA to kind of just rush the stands for the possible in season tournament. I bet there are a lot of Celtics fans out there, though. I bet like though, I mean, the Lakers fans take over in summer league period. Anytime out there, there's like they have a good teams, so they're going to be if they're in it, they'll be clearly dominant in the crowd. But outside of that, I bet the Celtics have pretty good, you know, vocal if they're one of the teams left and the Lakers aren't in there. Uh, I just wanted to. Do you see the the last comment we got on the YouTube? Yeah, I'll put it up here. Hold on. Is this KOC? Is this Kevin O'Connor from The Ringer? Kevin, love you, man. Love him. Big fan of KOC. Big fan of KOC. Big. Tuning into the still potable. You know, honored, honored to have KOC as was watching this. If this is the real, I KOC. don't think it is because even if it's fake LA KOC, we love the fake KOC too. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Is any KOC representation will take. I do think uh, KOC from The Ringer uh, lives in Los Angeles, and it'd be a wild move for him to be watching right now at 7 a.m. Um, but if it's not, shouts to that KOC. Shouts to all KOCs who are rocking with Still Potable because Still Potable is rocking with you. We really appreciate everyone who's tuned into this version of the free show. You can get uh, this uh, wherever you get podcasts. If you want more Still Potable, if you want a post-game recap of everything that happens while the Celtics are in the tournament, go to patreon.com slash stillpotable and subscribe today. Become a kid, become a god, become a legend. Lock in, and you can get uh, if you're at the uh, the god tier. Basically, twenty podcasts a month. I was I was doing the math. That's five podcasts a week from us, from B Rob, from MassLive.com, from Jay King at the Athletic. We're trying to create a lot of great Celtics content out there, um, creating podcasts and videos for you. Every day of the week, Monday through Friday, it's a, been a real fun time. And, and especially as the Celtics keep winning, uh, it's going to continue to be a blast. So go to patreon.com slash Subscribe today. Uh, and thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks to everyone who joined us here on the YouTube. Like and subscribe uh, there on the CLNS YouTube page. Uh, and you'll continue to get more content from Still Potable. All right. We'll leave it on this. And before we go, I want a, a prediction for the score or the game against the Indiana Pacers. B Rob, starting with you. Let's go Celtics 127, Pacers 113. JK. Pacers games are just outrageous. They, they high are scoring, the scoring games. It's going to be 143 to 129. Celtics, Celtics. I was going to go uh, Celtics, 137, Pacers, make it close, 129. And so um, the Celtics, uh, we all have the Celtics winning. Shouts to the other Kevin O'Connor, uh, who's also an elite. Oh, Kevin he's not the other. This is the real Kevin O'Connor. This is an elite <laughs> Kevin O'Connor, self-proclaimed elite Kevin O'Connor. He just, <laughs> I love that. What a, what a, what a decision to call yourself an elite kevin o'connor <laughs> i'm well, an elite what... j king he's an elite j king he's an elite brian b rob rob i'm an elite sam jam packard 
And we love every, all of the listener participation. That's something we really valuable over on the Patreon, patreon.com slash still potable. Thank you guys for listening. And we'll be back next week with another free episode. But a reminder again, we're here every, for you every single day, Monday through Friday. So come join us on the Patreon. And thanks for listening, folks. <laughs>